and welcome everybody to the Patriotic American Citizen Podcast, Pac-Man for short. I'm your host, Ted Flint, and we begin with the, what else, the story for the past two, two and a half years. And I want to focus on the politicalization of COVID. The virus has been politicized. The vaccines have been politicized. The mask mandates politicized. Everything about it. Because the left loves to politicize everything. And they love centralized authority. They love top-down government mandates. That's how they operate. But people are beginning to fight back. Americans are fighting back against this totalitarianism that we're facing in the Democrat Party. These people are flat-out communists. And I don't say that jokingly. I don't know how many tens of thousands of people braved the frigid temperatures Sunday. Thousands showed up on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. to voice their opposition to the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was one of the featured speakers at this event. They called it Defeat the Mandates. So he's not a conservative Republican or a, you know, a, a separatist Christian. Kennedy said, every single time you comply, you get weaker. Every time you say yes, you're getting pushed back to a weaker position. The hill that you're going to die on is the hill you're on now, and they're coming for our children. That's a direct quote from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He hammered the companies that manufacture the, these experimental vaccines being mandated in many locations, not just in America, but throughout the world. And there's no legal liability. If we have problems or side effects five, 10 years down the road from these vaccines, the government is not being held liable. And Kennedy said, they, you think they found Jesus suddenly, and they're suddenly concerned with public health. These are the companies that gave us the opioid crisis. These are not good citizens. These are criminal enterprises. And he warned of what he called turnkey totalitarianism, as dark, uh, dark powers look to control every aspect of behavior. That much I agree with. I'm not saying these companies, I don't, uh, he's more extreme than I am on that. I mean, these companies gave us the vaccine, which the vaccines have no doubt saved tens of thousands of lives. President Trump worked hard to get those vaccines to market. But the fact is, vaccines of this magnitude usually take at least a decade to go through the approval process and the, and the testing process. 10 to 15 years. This These vaccines took less than a year, thanks to President Trump's Operation Warp Speed, but we don't know the side effects of these yet. And the issue here, I'm not saying to get the vaccine or not get it, is whether the government has the authority, the constitutional right, to force you to get the vaccine. Now, technically they can't, but they're making, a lot of companies are putting pressure, the government putting pressure on private businesses to mandate their employees get vaccinated or they can't work. How can you make a living? How can you support your family? if you're unable or you're prevented from working. If you have a government job, as I do, and I've had one for 17, 18 and a half years, however long it's been, feels like 80, uh, we have to be vaccinated. I haven't been boosted yet because it hasn't been time enough, and I'm not sure I'm going to go through with the booster shot. I think I've read a headline last week from the World Health Organization saying boosters aren't really don't provide that much protection. Certainly against Omicron, they don't. So why get it? But Kennedy, he laid them out here. Today, the mechanisms are being put in place so none of us can run and none of us can hide. 
He warned of efforts to cut off the food supply. And he stressed three points for people to take back home with him. Every power that government takes from us, it will never relinquish voluntarily. That's the operative word. They will never let it go until we make them let it go. That's what has to happen. We have to force government. Government forces us. Government is force, as George Washington said. It's not your friend. It's, 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 it's force, ultimately. And every power, Kennedy said, every power they take from us, they will ultimately abuse to the maximum extent possible. That's what we're seeing in Joe Biden's America. Nobody in the history of the planet has ever complied their way out of totalitarian control. Didn't happen in the old Soviet Union. And it's not going to happen here. Every capitulation, Kennedy said, is a signal to the oppressors to impose new forms of torment or torture. He was joined by doctors who have been censored by big tech as they warn of the, of the dangers of the COVID shots. I heard a woman on a local radio talk show today, and she's a teacher. And she actually, she retired because she retired a year ago over all this nonsense, getting making teachers get vaccinated. And she saw what was coming. And she said, that was it. I retired. She was at this rally in D.C. She said, there, and these are her, this is her number. I, I haven't verified this independently, but 17,000 doctors have come out against forcing people to get these vaccines. Now, um, Dr. Robert Malone, most of you have heard of Dr. Malone one of the developers of the, of the technology being used in today's vaccines. Malone was at this rally. He said, these vaccines do not prevent Omicron infection. These products cannot achieve herd immunity and stop COVID. They are not completely safe. And the full impact of their use remains unknown. That's, he should know. He developed the vaccines or the technology used to develop the vaccines. One of these people who did this. If Malone, who, who's brilliant, by the way, if he's saying, look, we've got to take a step back here, these vaccines are not, we don't know what happens. But he's being censored, Dr. Malone. I watch him, I see him on YouTube, I watch him frequently. He's a very well-spoken man, very thoughtful man. Obviously, he's, he's good at what he does, and, uh, but he's being censored. And then in this piece here on World Net Daily by Joe Kovacs, he has a gentleman by the name of Kyle Warner, who was a professional mountain biker until he was severely injured, not by, but by the virus, but by the vaccine. He said, in an instant, I went from winning mountain bike races to being bedridden. This is real. People are being harmed and they're losing their livelihoods. And in some cases, losing their lives. There, there have been over a thousand people, as I've told you. In some of these breakthrough cases, people fully vaccinated, boosted in, in Massachusetts, over a thousand people lost their lives from this virus, fully vaccinated. I don't know why the Democrats, they're working together with their handmaidens in the media, big pharma, and they're pushing these vaccines. They don't want people to be able to be free enough to choose maybe a, a different approach, a therapeutic approach, using ivermectin, using hydroxychloroquine. We should have that freedom to make that choice. There's a bill in the Virginia State Senate that would have allowed healthcare providers to prescribe ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. That bill was blocked by Democrats after they shut down a public comment session. And they ordered in state capitol police officers to remove any citizens who disagreed with them, remove them from the chamber. They had them hauled away. 
As a Democratic majority on the Senate Education and Health Committee moved to kill the Republican bill, Democratic Committee Chairman Senator Louise Lucas cut the remote audio feed of Charlottesville radio show host Bob Schilling as he expressed support for the Republican bill. This is in the national file. They don't. They want to shut down debate. They want to censor. They want to crush any opposition. Anybody with any opposing viewpoints gets shut down, That like the old Soviet Union used to do, and communist China does today. There was a nine to six party line vote. Lucas banged her gavel and ordered state police to remove the doctors, to remove the family members of COVID patients and others who came to speak in favor of the bill. Had them removed. This is what they do in totalitarian societies. These Democrats are th- would want to be thugs. You know, David Horowitz, a gentleman I've interviewed several times, he is the uh, publisher of Front Page Magazine, and one of their mantras they're saying is, inside every progressive is a totalitarian screaming to get out. And that's perfectly put. And he tweeted that, Horowitz did recently. It's the issue of our times, and it's not whether you're pro-vax or anti-vax. We need to have the freedom to make the decision for ourselves. Holding up a copy of uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, this woman who was in the audience, who was being hauled away, said uh, of the White House coronavirus advisor who suppressed the use of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID-19, people across this nation are dying as a result of Fauci. I'll get into what Rand Paul had to say recently about Fauci in a second. But the sponsor of this bill, a Republican, State Senator Amanda Chase, told National File Democrats will legalize marijuana, but they prohibit the use of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine for the treatment of COVID in a right to try state like Virginia. They should have a right to try whatever they want to try. They can smoke dope, they can smoke marijuana, but you can't try ivermectin if you have COVID. Is this ridiculous? Or How long are people going to stand for this? I mean, if Virginians are given the right to try pot, then they should have the right to try life-saving therapeutics. It, it goes without saying. Again, individual rights, individual liberty versus totalitarianism. So after the vote, this is again in the national file, the committee chairman, Lucas, Democrat, posted a video on Twitter in which she vowed to form a Democratic brick wall that will throw Republican bills in the trash. And, you know, there are many, I mentioned 17,000 doctors who oppose these vaccines. One of the doctors who would have immediately uh, been impacted by the legislation or affected, there's a word that's gone out of the, the vocabulary, affected. Everybody says impacted. I'm getting, I'm digressing. Dr. Paul Merrick of Eastern Virginia Medical School, who is suing a Norfolk hospital for banning him from prescribing ivermectin to his COVID-19 patients. This guy's a doctor, not being allowed to uh, practice medicine in the hospital where he's been working because he's prescribing ivermectin. So they use ivermectin, doctors, they prescribe it for getting rid of parasites in, in cattle mostly, I think. But I mean, People can take ivermectin. I know a lot of some people have had some bad side effects, and some have died from taking ivermectin because they go in they they go into their local uh, you know farm and or feed store or whatever they get ivermectin and they they start popping pills without a prescription. And you know if you do that, you you know you you bear the consequences. Anyway, uh, so that's what's going on in Virginia. Everywhere across the country, Democrats 
are suppressing liberty where they think it's necessary because their own power increases in the process. Now, there, this guy out in California, this uh, nitwit who's running the, the, the state out there, Gavin Newsom, wants children to be vaccinated without the knowledge of their parents. That 12 to 17-year-olds can get vaccines without their parents' consent. Why would you, why would you pass legislation or instruct the legislature to do that? It used to be when I was in school, if we, you wanted to take a, 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 a aspirin, you had to call your parents to get permission. Now these these Democrats who run the uh, you know the, the educational establishments, they wanted total control over your children. They want to prescribe birth control. They want to prescribe all this other stuff. And a vaccine, a COVID vaccine, twelve to seventeen year olds, not my kids. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. My my children, one daughter's vaccinated. She had to be if she wanted to attend SUNY Albany. My daughter Madeline who has a show uh, weekly or bi-weekly called uh, The Essentials with Maddie Flint. Listen for that on the BMG network. But she had to get vaccinated, and she's had some side effects from those vaccines, or from that vaccine, those shots, I should say. But it should be a choice, as I've, we've talked about. I want A couple of things here I want to get to. I mentioned Rand Paul, and he goes head-to-head with Dr. Fauci about every couple of weeks. And, you know, Fauci smeared the authors of the, of the Great Barrington Declaration, these people are distinguished medical scientists. They're from Oxford, some of them, Stanford, uh, Harvard, many of them. And he calls them, or he has called them, fringe epidemiologists. Paul said that Fauci and NIH boss Francis Collins had orchestrated a takedown campaign instead of debating the facts. They don't want debate on any issue. They want to dictate. He doesn't want debate, Paul said. He wants to squelch debate because he is science. If you criticize him, you're criticizing science. So Paul, I guess, penned a, a Fox News commentary in which he cited Nobel laureate uh, Frederick Hayek, who author, author of The uh, the Road to Serfdom. I've not read that one yet. That's on my to-do list. You know, Paul said, the benefits of scientific progress are realized only if science is free from excessive restraint. And the same arguments against central planning for an economy also hold for science. When a central planner errs, Paul said, the entire economy is threatened. Likewise, when a central medical planner errs, all patients are threatened. Fauci has erred. He's 81 years old. He hasn't been fired. You can't fire these people, these bureaucrats. He's been there since, I think, the early, mid-80s. He's the, the head of the uh, National Institutes of Health, 81 years old. He's never been reprimanded or disciplined. Anyway... Enough on him. One other thing. Joe Biden is uh, the president, allegedly is weighing, sending several thousand troops as well as aircrafts and warships to NATO allies in Eastern Europe and the Baltic states amid growing concerns of a Russian invasion of the Ukraine. This is in the New York Times. What do we have to gain in the Ukraine? What is our national interest in the Ukraine? I'm not going to read you what he said. I, I can't even, I can't stand to look at these people. Anthony Blinken is the uh, Secretary of State. He was on CBS's Face the Nation. Why are we getting engaged or getting involved in Ukraine? It's not our sphere of influence. We have nothing to gain in the Ukraine. Why send American troops in harm's way? That's about all we have time for. Before we depart, I want to just uh, make mention of the fact that uh, Sheldon Silver, former Speaker of the New York State Assembly, passed away today, very powerful lawmaker at one point, the most powerful or influential Democrat in the state for many years, but he ran in, ran afoul of the law. 
And uh, his case is well documented. He uh, was convicted and sent to prison. He, I don't think he served any time in prison for the longest time. Finally, he did serve some time. He got out because of his health. The judge said, no, you, you broke the law. You have to go back to prison. And he, he uh, died today at the age of 77. I don't know if he had cancer, but he had some health issues. He knew a lot of the judges in New York City, nominated many of the judges. Many were her fr his friends. But now he's standing before a judge he will not be able to buy off. And I know that he didn't plan on going out this way. But, I mean, we all must walk that road at some point. Shelly Silver, 77 years of age. All right, that's all we have time for. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. Again, if you want to hear this show, you go to the BMG, B as in boy, M as in Michael, G as in great, bmgnetwork.com. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Check out what we have there for you. Some fine columns on the PAC perspective. We have great shows like the Adrian Ross Show, the Ken Burns Show, and I mentioned my daughter's program at The Essentials with Maddie Flint. All that and much more at thebmgnetwork.com. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.